Hello everyone and welcome to the Mind Gravity podcast. I'm your host Rohan Handa. This episode is part of the Mind Gravity podcast's weekend food for thought series. Here I will talk about a subject of interest that allows us to shift our minds to reflect on things that are larger than just our day-to-day and our busy work life. It provides a pause for our minds think outside our proverbial box. And today we're going to talk about yoga and sinking our mind and body. So let's go. It is rare to strike a perfect balance in life. Whether the balance is about our eating habits, addiction to drugs, alcohol, money, or sex, or even with our inner selves. Whenever we are unhappy, depressed, or bored, we have an easy remedy at hand to use the body for all it is worth. When it comes to learning to control the body and its experiences, the eastern civilization far outpaces the western society. In many respects, what the west has achieved and accomplished in terms of harnessing material energy and resources is equivalent to what India and the Far East have achieved in terms of the direct control of consciousness. But neither of these achievements have a sustainable and positive long-term impact. It gets consumed or we get consumed by it. The Western mastery over material energy is exhausting the environment turning everything it touches into a resource to be consumed as rapidly as possible like the famous king midas who is popularly remembered in greek mythology for his ability to turn everything he touched into gold hence the midas touch as the legend goes one day he turned his own daughter into a golden statue And I guess that's when he realized that the power of touch she enjoys is actually a curse. But let's not get carried away. Maybe that's up for discussions in a future episode. Similarly, to the western mastery, the Indian fascination with advanced techniques for self-control at the expense of learning to cope with material changes of the physical environment has conspired to let impotence and apathy spread over a great proportion of the population defeated by the scarcity of resources and obviously by overcrowding a perfect society will be one able to strike a healthy balance between the spiritual and material worlds but since room was not built in a day there's still a lot we can learn along while the material abundance has been mastered to some extent it is usually our mind that is unable to cope with daily activities and stress that accompanies it but traditional eastern practices provide good guidance on how to achieve control over consciousness and our mind it provides a way to sync it with our body one of the most sought after practice that now flows from east to west without a doubt is yoga and that's what i want to talk about today in sanskrit 
which is one of the oldest languages, yoga means yoking, which refers to the goal of joining the individual with a higher power or God, if you're not an atheist or first by uniting the various parts of the body with one another, then making the body as a whole work together with consciousness as part of an ordered system. This apparently is not an easy task. The basic framework for yoga was compiled by Patanjali over 1500 years ago. I don't know, I'm starting to feel a lot was done a few centuries ago than we're able to accomplish now. But anywho, it prescribes eight stages of increasing skills. So let's decipher them. The first two phases or stages are geared towards reducing the mental or psychic entropy, the randomness in our minds. The first stage, called Yama, requires that one achieve restraint from acts and thoughts that might harm others, which may include theft, lust, avarice, and even falsehood. The second stage is Niyama, which involves obedience. Think of it as a discipline, a set of ordered routines like uh, cleanliness, workout, study, or frankly anything else that helps channel attention into predictable patterns and hence make attention easier to control. The next two stages involve the development of habits that will enable the practitioner of yoga also known as yogin, to overcome the demands of the senses and make it possible for them to concentrate without growing tired or distracted. And that brings us to stage three, or asana, ways of sitting or holding postures for long periods of time without succumbing to strain or fatigue, which is hard to do. And I think I've been part of some of those hot yoga sessions. Perhaps this is what they were trying to do. The fourth stage is pranayam, or control of breath, aimed at relaxing the body and stabilizing the rhythm of breathing, which ultimately leads to a calmer mind, reduction in anxiety, stress, and better focus overall, and presence on things around us. So the fifth stage puts all things in motion. The stage is called Pratyahara or withdrawal. This is where one learns to control what happens in the mind. It involves learning to withdraw attention from outward objects and directing the focus to the senses, including our breath, our thoughts, things we hear, we smell and anything one wishes to admit into awareness. The next two stages built on the previous mastery, but have more mental operation than physical. Stage six is known as dharana or holding on, which is the ability to concentrate for long periods on a single stimulus. It's a progressive way of first keeping things out of our mind and then to keep them in which is when you start to unite your mind with the body. State seven 
is known as dhyana or focus where one learns to forget the self in an uninterrupted concentration that no longer needs the external stimuli of the preceding phase and we reach our ultimate stage or stage 8 which is called samadhi or self collectedness where the meditator and the object of meditation become as one and our mind and body starts functioning as a single unit one's able to experience a sense of liberation and i know these eight stages might sound like a lot in fact it would be insane to think of going through the entire process to attain that level of clarity and unity in this lifetime especially with our day-to-day work demands things we have to take care of things we have to make sure are in order but not saying it's impossible either right however the point is this yoga is one of the oldest and most systematic methods of producing sync between mind and body which given our current state are usually out of sync almost always this impacts not only our mood but our health and extends outward towards our way of communication which in turn impacts our relationships with friends family and even strangers even if we are able to incorporate the first few stages of yoga it is bound to impact our quality of life and life of others around us so are you ready to begin your journey let me know namaste